here. Um, what you're about to hear is a really great podcast. The only problem is we had some tech difficulties, so it may sound a little odd for about the first half. Uh, please, by all means, bear with us. Um, it gets fixed halfway through, but I wanted to give you a warning. If you turn it on, you're like, man, this sounds like junk. Yeah, we agree. But we fixed it. Uh, we apologize for that. But I did not want to not get this file up because I think this is a really great podcast that does a lot of service for a lot of people. So again, we apologize for the tech difficulties, but I pray that the message of it reaches you, helps you out. All right. So on to the show. Hey guys, welcome to the self-evident podcast. You got Mike. You got Massey. I'm here. Are we on? Are we good? Are we rolling? Yeah. Yep. All right. So welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you being here. It is a uh, Monday morning. It's Monday morning. <laughs> but that's okay because you're with us and we're with you. And we got Massey over here. We got the boys behind the studio. It is, you know, it is quite an eventful time. Yes, it's quite it an eventful thing. We are here doing what we need to do to get done. Number four, number four, turn it up. Number four, turn it up. So, Lord, we, we, we thank you this morning. We're doing great this morning, Lord. We're blessed this morning. God is awesome. He's number four. He's number four. Oh, my gosh. This morning. We are doing amazing this morning, Lord. There's no problems this morning, Lord. God is good. Nothing. It's amazing. Anyway, subscribe. TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. I don't know how much he wants to do. Right, someday. Anyway, I'm telling you, listen, Lord, the, the, we have a new studio in, in this new office. Our internet was all screwed up. I just got to tell you guys, this is, a, this is all first world problems. Yeah, it is. Thank you for the coffee. So first world problems, we had problems with our studios. I lost my voice this weekend. We get here, one of our cameras is broken. It doesn't charge anymore. So if you guys want to donate to us, we need a whole new camera. We also are writing a children's curriculum, two more books and all that other stuff. So we need about $35,000 right now, and God is good, and he's going to make it happen. Do you know why? Because God is awesome, and we always have these things that God puts on our hearts, and we're going to do it. And so one way or another, we get here, the headphones aren't working, the camera broke, and that's a brand new camera that broke, and, uh, and it just, God's good, and I'm not even, I'm really not upset about it. It's like, eventually this stuff always happens. But God is good. And so here, listen, guys, if you have not subscribed yet, you got to get on our stuff. Because if you guys are enjoying this content, leave me a comment here down below. Leave a comment in our comment section. Leave a comment uh, on the, the Apples and the, the Spotify's and the Face Space and all that junk. And, uh, you know, because we love that Here's stuff. Here's what I'll say about all that is, and we're getting some things set up, so that's okay. Um, with... When we mentioned, hey, this actually helps us if you participate in the algorithms, I noticed some people did some actions. Some people were commenting on some stuff. They were doing some things. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I reach this out to all of you right now. Share, like, subscribe, comment, interact with us. We have our computer, our phone up for a reason so that we can comment and interact with you. Yep. It helps the algorithms, and that way more people can get this message. Yeah, share the message. I'm telling you, if, if this message, whatever we're talking about, helps you out in some way, 
then maybe you should share that so that it helps other people. Because that's our goal, is to help other people. And maybe, who knows, maybe it's something where the Lord is going to have somebody scrolling through Facebook, scrolling through YouTube, and all of a sudden they see it, and it's something that changes their life. That's our goal, to transform life. So, that being said, God is good. Let's do something that doesn't transform anybody's life. Use this. <laughs> Five minutes. All it does is make a save. <laughs> right? But it's fun. Are you headphones good? Yeah, they're good now. You know what's funny? It's always channel one. Uh, even on our other mixer. 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 The mixer. Channel one's not working now? Yeah. Ah, so, brand new board. Channel one. Oh, what are what are we doing here? What's going on here? You know, it's always channel one. Anyways. All right. Always oh, before we get before we get into our yeah, five we minutes, sponsor we got a sponsor that we have to uh, acknowledge. Lift up, acknowledge. Acknowledge. Uh, <laughs> give accolades to Equipping the Persecuted. Go to equippingthepersecuted.com. This is an organization, a nonprofit, that they are determined to help persecuted Christians in Nigeria. The thing is, for us, most often, we go about our day, life is good. We go to church on Sunday, maybe we go on Wednesday night, we uh, listen to our Christian podcasts, we listen, listen to our Christian worship music. We don't have to think about our city being raided by other groups, other religions, and us being persecuted. If, we're, if you're in the Western world, think about what other Christians are going through and maybe it's time for us to reach out and help. And that's what Equipping the Persecuted does. They go to villages that are attacked. Their response time is within 48 hours. They're there to provide medical services, prayer, support, resources, and help those people. It's time for us to help our brothers and sisters in Christ who are absolutely on the front line of the faith war in the physical realm. And so, go to EquippingThePersecuted.com. Decide in your heart with the Lord what are you going to start donating monthly. Help them help other people across the world who are dying for their faith. Yeah, I mean, it's time to connect. Judd Saul, too. I mean, these guys, he's one of the most passionate dudes I know. And, and I know a lot of dudes are passionate. This cat, and it's easy because I think a lot of my friends really have this kind of drive. My friends in like, the industry. Just his passion and drive to see the gospel permeated through the world is pretty insane. You know, and we <laughs> I'm not saying this to demean us at all, but you kind of feel like, man, I need to do more work because there's so much that these guys are doing and it's it's a praise God and we're so honored to help them. You guys need help too, so get on that thing. Alright, five minutes now in kind of an opposite realm of the spiritual warfare. Zelensky wants spirit cooker Marina Abramovich to be ambassador for Ukraine. What could go wrong? No, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's great. Now, remember back when the whole Podesta, Clintons, the other lefty elites things were doing spirit cooking with artist Marina Abramovich? Yes, it did happen. They never denied it. When news articles came out against it, you know what they were talking about? They were they were misdirecting you. They they were saying, oh well, you know, they weren't really peeing on people or, or whatever. That wasn't what the discussion right. was about. The discussion was about spirit cooking as an art. Spirit cooking, right? 
Abramovich has put together a long history and string of very, what we in the Christian world would call um, demonic stuff. And so now Zelensky, of course, is reaching out and saying, well, I want you to help rebuild schools to provide art installation. Boy. Again, what could go wrong? Trust us, we're the government. Yes. Trust us, we're the government. <laughs> Can we get that on shirt? Can we please? Trust me, I'm from the government. All right, number two. Speaking of the government, Newsom attacks a federal judge on Twitter. Um, and, and mind you, this was the same guy who decided that Trump <laughs> was evil, awful, horrible, because Trump attacked judge. Yep. Judge Roger T. Benitez ruled against a California law limiting high-capacity magazines. No, we're not talking about Field and Street. We're talking about gun magazines. Benitez pointed out that since every state has decided on a different number for the capacity limit, that the regulation is not consistent. Therefore, it does not stay consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. I don't even necessarily agree with his right. thinking, but we got the decision, right? Newsom, he'd be mad. He posted on X, breaking California's high-capacity magazine ban was just struck down by Judge Benitez. Extremist, right-wing zealot with no regard to human life. Dude, listen Wake to up, how, America. Just listen to how childish that was. How childish? No regard for human no, life. Reli- <laughs> uh, what is it? What do you say? Right-wing. An, ex- <laughs> an extremist, right-wing zealot. For deciding no on high-capacity limits. have you ever heard like a two-year-old and a five-year-old argue? And the five-year-old goes, you're just a big, giant, poopy head. <laughs> and you're mean. I mean, just listen to that. It's so stupid. It's stupid. And dude, these guys are politicians. These guys are leading California. Yes. <laughs> well, running it into the ground. Well, leading it to the ground. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever they're doing, they're, they're flying the plane straight into the mountain. Number three. I thought this one was a poopy head. <laughs> Pastor in Austin farms out his sermon to Chat GPT. Here we go. I, I and I actually okay. I'm going to be honest. I don't look. I don't mind that he did this because I think it starts a discussion. But Pastor Jay Cooper of Leftist Methodist Violet Crown City Church in North Austin decided he wanted to see how Chat GPT would do with running church service. He said Chat GPT kicked out a 15 minute sermon service like a shotgun sermon. An outline. It's very clear that a human element is still needed. I had to fill out the service with additional prompts and add a couple of prompts to the sermon to kind of beef it up. He also said, there's so many different applications for AI. I just had the idea, what would it look like to incorporate this into a worship service? I'm not sure that AI can actually express the emotions of love and kindness and empathy. I think that we must practice love and express that. Not only feel it, but we must express it. He held the service because he wanted to grapple with the question of what is sacred. A big question that comes up to me as we let AI lead worship is can a prayer written by artificial intelligence in some way communicate truth? Can you experience God through that? Perhaps something resonates with them and then it opens their mind to maybe I'm not looking for the sacred enough in the rest of the world. I think human touch is critical in life and in ministry. I think the messiness of humanity should be present in worship. Thoughts? 
I mean it. Put your thoughts. What do you guys? Yeah, please comment below. My first thing is, I just, this whole, this is what happens when we don't allow Holy Spirit to run a service. And allow me to explain, okay? This is just me and, and being around, I've been around both Baptists and Charismatics. I grew up Charismatic, got saved, went kind of Baptist on that whole sense, understood it, but they didn't believe in the gifts. I kind of went in the middle of both and said they're both right in their respective areas. I just think we need to bring the word and spirit, right? This, though, even, even this last line that you wrote, I think the human touch is critical in life and ministry. Human touch. <laughs> the human touch. Like, I kind right? of get what you're saying, but yeah. the whole time, Christ is saying, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. I think the messiness of humanity should be present. Why do we always talk about how messy we are as Christians instead of the life giver and the righteousness of God and the holiness of God? The messiness of worship is me coming to him, giving him everything that I don't need or my flesh and my desires and saying, Lord, take that and make me like you. Right. Why is it we always talk about it's good to be messy in front of God? Look, listen, it's good to come to God and get rid of your flesh for sure. That's what we want. But why do we always glorify this flesh stuff yeah. and, and make it a part of like Christianity somehow? Like It's actually okay to be a mess. No, it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to know, hey, I'm not condemning Christ. I, I have sin that I'm, that I'm working on and getting rid of. And, and if you're struggling with a sin right now, praise God, because the struggle means the Holy Spirit's in you. Not that you will fully participate in, but if you're struggling against it, flesh wars against the Spirit, Spirit against the flesh, the Bible says. But what I'm saying is, I think when, when the Holy Spirit is not leading the service, it's easy for us to put him in, 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 a, in, a, in a, I don't even use the word box, that's easy. Uh, we, we, we put God in his own little categories, and like this is how he fits into our lives. And every once in a while, like our church services at, at church, we kind of have a routine, but it's not like a set thing or a fixed thing. In the middle of the service yesterday, Pete Todd calls up, you know, five, six different families who've gone through loss, blesses them, we worship over them, we do that. You know what I mean? Being led of the Spirit in those things. And so we're saying now, Chad GPT, I, I know what he's saying here. What he's saying is, in a roundabout way, you still need the human to connect to the divine. We need that. But this guy seems leftist anyway, so... Yeah, and, and you're hitting on something that he's talking about the humanity, he's talking about the, the personal and all of this. And I think for us, coming from a bit more of the charismatic realm, we're going, yeah, but what about the Holy Spirit? Like, And I think that's where this whole discussion goes. And, and this actually does, will lead into our main topic. The Holy Spirit is really the central point of all of it. And this whole discussion of can chat, chat GPT lead a church service, present a sermon, write a theological essay, whatever, <clears throat> sure, it can get the facts right. I think where the difficulty is, is what is flowing from the Holy Spirit. And if we're putting our efforts, if, if we're putting our efforts into something else, right? So I'm, I'm putting all of my discovery and revelation into the hands of something else. I do not believe that ChatGPT can have a spirit, right? So there's a disconnect between the Holy Spirit and ChatGPT. Now, it collects a bunch of different things, but I think the, the 
unique element of each human being, especially one who is leading a worship service or leading others towards the Lord, is are they filled with the Spirit themselves? And this gets into that whole quote, dead men preach to dead churches. That's right. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's a dangerous thing, I think, of how much responsibility you put in the hands of something that is not our communication with the Holy Spirit. I will say, too, like, Paul did this, one of our guys uh, at church did this, kind of asked Chad to a question about, it was Romans or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And how it went back, even found scriptures to support the question. Here's what I'm saying. If a computer can figure out that the Bible has connected processes from the Old Testament to the New Testament, who are we? Like, if a computer can figure out wow, this all lines up from Old to New Testament. Which, dude, it actually was. If you read that... It did well. It did well, like, to, to, to connect. So even a computer could see, hey, Scripture lines up with something. The issue with that is that it does the work for you. You remember when we got away from doing ciphering ourselves, got into calculators? We don't need ciphering anymore. We don't need to do that anymore. How many of us, like, our kids know how to write cursive anymore? How many of our kids know how to interact anymore? This took the place of interaction. These phones... Right, so we don't even, my sons, I've had to force them, hey, right, like, we're, we're, we're talking, not to me, but like when they're meeting people, we have to talk about it all the time, look at them in the eye, shake their hands, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, all that stuff. We've forgotten how to do things, and people now do things for us. We've learned to be served ourselves instead of we serve God. What it does is removes the element of us seeking God, and this thing will take over. That is the danger of and this isn't anything new. No. If you guys remember back in the day in the 80s, you could get your sermons from like, they used to plot out your sermons in a book. Yeah. Uh, and some Pentecostals did it, some Assemblies of God churches did it. Uh, I grew up in one, and they had your sermons laid out for the whole year. You can get a book, and every day, every Sunday was written out what you should be preaching that week, the sermon title. So this isn't anything new. It's just that at least at that point, we could read a commentary and get into the Word a little bit and dig it up for ourselves. Whereas now Chat TBT gives it to you and you just kind of pull back. You know what I mean? Right. I don't need to, you know. Yep. No, absolutely. And that's, I think that's what concerns me about it is the reliance on it. Which it's the same thing with a bunch of commentaries. Right? <laughs> if I just read a bunch of commentaries and splice things together, I've done the same thing as Chat GPT. I've just done it myself. Right. And I think there's something lost in that element. The, the revelation kind of goes Wait. by the wayside. Plus Chat GPT. No, I have not. I mean, like, if I go in and I take different commentaries, and I'm like, oh, well, he said this, and he said that, and he said that, so I'll take that, and I'll build a sermon out of that. That's what I'm about to call you, Dr. Yeah, I, well, you know. <laughs> Satan, a little harsh. Satan can lead me to the Lord? <laughs> no. Anyways, <coughs> uh, our other sponsor, before we get into our main topic, Energy Ops LLC. Go. Get a hold of them. If you're in South Carolina, Charleston area, this is a great company. Energy Ops. Look them up online. Energy Ops. Bible-loving, God-fearing, spirit-filled, faithful, family, veteran-owned company. What more do I have to say? You are going to get high integrity, value for your dollar, you're going to get somebody who cares about you. And he's sponsor self-evident. And he's a sponsor. And he loves us. Yes. So 
send him money. How can you not? How can you not love him? Right? He loves us. They, amazing people. I can't say enough. Great sponsors. If you're in South Carolina, Charleston area, check them out. Hey, for the right price, they'll come to you. So even if you're in California, if you really want to get you know those outdoor lights wired on your house, you gotta fly them out there. But they'll do it. So, anyways, check them out. Energy Ops. Okay. Great stuff. Residential, commercial. They handle all kinds of stuff. All right. Get into the main topic, the heart. So, Massey, this hit me uh, when you and I had some discussions, and I thought this would be a good conversation topic. Of, I think there can be a disconnect for us when we, yes, the Lord says, I need to love my brother as myself, I need to love my neighbor as myself, I, I need to pour out love. I just see what reacts. Yeah. What does he know about? Well, yeah. Chat GPT. How do I love? Well, um, but that heart position, and I think because you and I were talking yeah. about like especially in interactions where the interaction yeah. is not good. Um, how do you keep your heart pure, right? And and it's a battle because there's so many emotions and things flaring up it's how do I keep my heart yeah pure I think narrow you know yeah so the Bible actually talks about this in many different ways one of the things it says is guard your heart with all diligence for out of the floating issues of life right and and, and it's it's here, here's here's where I'm going it's right Proverbs four first one I put up that's funny and I didn't even see that I, I wasn't I wasn't even looking at that I I will say I'm, I'm working on some, some sermons right now about a culture of honor and what that looks like and what reverence looks like and what leadership looks like. And one of the ways I'm going to open this whole thing, just to kind of give you a little teaser taste of it, is honor does not, honor to leadership does not excuse bad leadership. So I'm going to make that distinction right away. That leaders are held in double contempt of the word and of judgment because we are the teachers and we're supposed to be leading the flock of Christ. So this does not excuse it. However, however, if God has called you to a place, and this is why this is why that chat TBT stuff scares me, if God has truly called you to a place and leadership there is not doing well, I've been in those positions, what are you supposed to learn from that leader? What are you supposed to learn in that process? I was under leadership for 12 years. Uh, you, you know it well. We've talked about it on the show. Where the leader was, man, I'm telling you, that guy prophetically could see it pretty crazy. Now, he was off sometimes, too. But there were times it was like, dang, he nailed that. You know what I mean? But he was he was not the best leader as far as the people. He's not a pastor at all. He was very vision-driven, which is where he should have stayed. I mean, we, we had laid out this whole thing where Jay could run the ministry you know, have these other guys do this. I was like, I'll just keep doing what I do. But like, you just stay the visionary. Let Jake handle Because Jake's more pastoral. He understands. He can get that confidence. It didn't work that way. And so the guy needed control of everything. He just had to control, micromanage everything. It was, how come I'm not? Why are you making that decision? Why, why is it that you guys can't understand me? Everybody's wrong. You know what I mean? I remember, and I'm going to go into this example to give you a point. One of the, I used to be their, one of their main donor guys, um, for about a year and a half, just for a short time. 
And we, we, we had a bus that we were driving. It was a nice bus, black Primo bus. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, bought it from a guy in Texas, I think it was. We were paying an insane amount of money, like 90000 a month or something like that for the bill. It's just to keep it, the, 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 the loan. And I remember going to him one time and I was like, dude, we drive this thing like twice a year. Why are we paying this? We can rent one, we can get an RV, be the same thing, you know, rent at least an RV, probably. Cost us the same amount in two in those two months, and get rid of that payment. We talked about it. He goes, you know what? Yeah, I, I see your point. You're right. You know, I'm gonna go home and pray about it. But he came back the next day, chewed me out in front of everybody. You don't understand ministry. You'll never understand ministry. You don't understand what it takes to walk in faith. You don't understand. So he goes on this whole tangent, right? What that taught me was, and, and I'll say this: I was there for 12 years. I'm not saying that I should have stayed for 12. When I stayed for 12 years, I didn't feel a release until I left. So I left. One of the things that taught me, we talked about this a lot, is I don't ever want someone to feel that they're not loved. I don't ever want someone to feel uh, that they're not that their 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 view or their issue, their things are not important. They need to feel that. The other thing is I'll always speak life into somebody by the grace of God. You know, if I see something off, I'll confront them to fit to their faces. After that, I do what I do. But all that is done on love. My mic's not on. It is on. I can hear you. They're saying they can hear you in the other mic. Check the settings underneath that little cock. Can you go over there and check it out? See if it's hooked up to the board. Okay, guys, we've been struggling with this thing. <laughs> Pray for us. We're, we're cool. You know what I'm saying? Is it hooked up to the Roadmaster or to the Roadcaster? Nope. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> Back to the point. Back to the point. I now know, and I apologize, guys. This is crazy what's been happening. We, we've, we're trying to keep it, it just, okay. It, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's everything that could be going wrong <laughs> has gone wrong. And we're here at this point. And you know what it is? Can, it, it, I was thinking about this yesterday. Can I praise God through everything? Can I still right. keep my heart pure, walk in the spirit pure? I'm not mad at my sons for screwing up. They're learning. They're, dude, they're learning right now. Should we have picked that up before we started? Sure. But like, they're not condemned. You know what they're going to do next time? Hey, dad, I don't want to do that again. What? Or, or can we make sure it's all set up, right. done right? Blah, blah, blah. But even so, so honor does not excuse bad leadership. You know what it does? Through example in your honor, it should help that leader see he's not worth the condemnation I'm putting on him. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Good honor, if you're called to a place, will submit to that person and pray through it. What if God is teaching us discernment and prayer? Now, if you think, well, that you're saying we should stand under bad leadership? No. Has God called you to that place? If he's called you to that place, you say, God called me here. Well, then shoot. If there's, a, if there's a person who's a bad leader there, maybe he brought you there to intercede for that person or those right. persons, right? Maybe it's to show you that you're not a great follower. Is that person a bad leader and you're not a great follower? And how many times do we see people, I, I'm here, totally called here, blah, blah, blah. Six months later, I don't agree with what leadership is doing. I'm right. out. Is, whoa, right. whoa, 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 right. <laughs> no, We have this rule at church, you know, six months yep. or, or, or more, you know, you, before you can start volunteering. And, dude, and, and you, you head up the school of ministry there. This mm -hmm. is just one example. 
And they're like, well, I've been ministry oh and blah, gosh, blah. And he's yeah. like, that's great. You still need to be here six months <laughs> more. And dude, some of the stuff he gets on email, it's like, <laughs> no, this is what we say. Like, I've told him to respond this way. You told me you were in ministry in 20 years and you're acting like this. Right. I just want you to see this. This is why we need you here because you the maturity. I don't care how long you've been in a place. What does maturity dictate? I, I actually maturity. I, I had somebody a long time ago who did that. They flared up, uh, you know, <laughs> and I, I looked at him and I said, I remember this, that. This proves to me everything exactly. I need to know. Exactly. <laughs> this is why we can't have you even in a, in a leadership role. Right. And the fact is, if you did, it, you don't need to tell someone you've been in something for 20 years. The fruit should show people you've been doing this for 20 years. Pastor Todd actually preached on that yesterday. I thought, you ever feel like when um, all these sermons have been getting to me? Oh, they've been just been like steamrolling my heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting down there going, "Dang!" You know, there's another one that have I have I been proud and boastful and arrogant? Have I done those things? I even went to my wife yesterday and I said, "Can I talk about myself for a minute? I just need <laughs> I need to get this off my chest." And she started laughing. She goes, "I don't think that's what he meant." I'm like, "I know. I just want to be right." We, you know, we, we got home and and Andrew, Melissa, and I are standing in the kitchen, and all of us are asking each other questions, not responding. <laughs> it's like, no, I can't talk about myself. How do you feel about that? Yeah. If if you go to revive, you understand the whole joke. Yeah, thread it's on a that. joke. But, yeah. What did he say last night? I, or, after he was done, can I get all the gossip? What did he say? The, the, the proud and boastful to come up. <laughs> Rick Rick Evans looks at me. He's like, "You better go you better up there." Go up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, and and that whole conversation of conviction of your heart position really is because Massey's Massey's talking about what is your heart position towards leadership? What is your heart position? Is it in honor towards those who are over you? And I think we can pull that from the top all the way down in terms of your relationships to where if you're in the thick of it with somebody else, what is your heart position when you're... Because so often, and we got into the whole emotion discussion on Friday, and and I had actually sent it out to a friend because I was like, I think this is a great conversation. And and he really took something from it. And I hope you guys did too, because it, it it extends from that emotion conversation of when you're in the thick of it, in the middle of a tussle with somebody, what is your heart position towards them? And what do you walk away with in your heart position? Right. Because if you walk away and you're bitter or you're proud and you're arrogant in your heart position, you will never see that situation with spiritual eyes. And I, I loaded up a bunch of different scriptures, and I'm so glad Massey started with, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. We don't do enough thinking and reflecting and contemplating the power of the heart position. Right. Keep it with all diligence. That means your heart position is very effective in whatever direction it goes. We tend to think, well, if I get my head right, then my heart position will be right, and then I'll be good. It's almost like we decide the heart position will just follow us wherever we go. You have to be active with your heart position. You have to be diligent about it. You, you have to be aware of it. As in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. What's your heart when you walk away from one of those heavy situations? It will tell you instantly 
where you're at as a person. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. First Peter, do not let your adornment be merely outward, <laughs> arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. People take this to like, see, so you, you can't wear nice clothes. No, no, no. It's no. the heart. He's talking about the heart. He's like, the, the outward doesn't matter. You can dress that up all you want. What is in the heart? Rather, you know, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. What he's saying is the Pharisees dressed up on the outward and inward, they were full of dead men's bones. Mm-hmm. As what Christ said, John the Baptist talked about it, Paul talked about it, called them whitewashed tombs, not just the Pharisees, but... That's crazy, (laughs) right? But I mean, this is life and death back then. You couldn't really speak against governments. That's how it was. He's saying here, it's not about the the adornment. The adornment should come out of a place of your heart. I want to honor the Lord, so I want to dress up nice in church, uh, if if that's what you do. Uh, When you go out on a date with your husband or your wife, uh, notice I said husband and wife, uh, you you dress up because you want to honor and look good for them and respectable for them. All those things are issues of the heart. If you're dressing up to keep your man, that's a wrong heart. If you're dressing up to honor, different case, right? Here's another thing that keeps your heart right, okay? I've heard people say this. I don't agree with it. I'm just going to say it, what I see Scripture say. Luke 6.45, and and actually I'm going to read a little bit before it, but let me put it in some context. I've been around people, and we've all done it. I've done it with my wife uh, many times. I would say something in the heat of the moment or I would say something out of frustration and anger. And then people tell me, that's not what, that's not that, you know, I I would tell her, that's not what I really mean. That's not what I really meant. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know if I believe that. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Listen to this. Verse 40, Luke 640, write it down. Luke 640. A student is not above its teacher. Okay, but everyone, when he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. If you're fully trained of Christ, you will be like your master, right? He says this, why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice that stinking log in yours, right? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that's in your eye when you yourself don't see the log that's in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. You will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. 43, for there is no good tree that bears bad fruit. Listen closely. No good tree bears bad fruit. Watch. Uh, There's no good tree. On the other hand, bad trees don't produce good fruit. Verse 44. For each tree is known by its own fruit. What is the fruit of a tree? This and actions. What you speak. Listen. This is the fruit he was describing in verse 45. He's talking about what what the tree is, the fruit produces, right? Verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil person out of an evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks, that's which fills his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. That's the fruit he was talking about. The fruit of your lips, you will either eat it when it's good or eat it when it's bad, but the fruit of your lips will determine what you eat daily. And when you're not able to edify someone, when your heart is wrong, 
And you know when you gossip. You know when you're talking negative. You know when you're out to spew someone's character. You know all that stuff. You know when you come into a room, you're not thinking clearly. This is why leaders, and, and, and I'll give this to Pastor Todd, Pastor Chris, several others, they sit and think before they speak most times mm -hmm. that I've ever seen. I, I don't ever see them get flustered, frustrated. They don't speak out of craziness, candor. Mm -hmm. I have yet to work on that. But they sit and think, they go, what am I saying in the moment? What is, what, what is the point of what I'm about to say? How do you keep your heart? It's going to the Lord daily. Lord, I put my flesh down. I must decrease that he might increase. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Uh, what, is, what does he say in Scripture? I think it's in Corinthians. When he talks about, look not on your own things, but on the things of others. It's lifting up your brothers and your sisters. Real leadership is simply this. Honestly, guys, real leadership is simply this. Servanthood. Are you serving one another? Well, I'm not a leader in a church. You know what real leadership is? Servanthood. Mm -hmm. Go serve. That's a leader. A real leader serves. That's their, that's their duty. A leader shows. A leader gives the example. A leader moves forward. A leader, leader gives a task, right? Here's, here's something that I think everybody needs to do at this moment. I want you to stop for a moment, whether you're listening, whether you're watching, whatever. If you're driving, keep driving. Stop for a moment. Because our, our inclination, and this is a, a gauge of our heart, our inclination is to go, oh, so-and-so needs to hear this. Somebody else should be hearing this. Oh, they, I can't wait till they hear this. Yeah, they need to think about this. Stop. Every single one of us, him, me, the boys, all of you, all of us, need to stop and think about, okay, Lord, where does my heart position need to improve? What is coming out of me that is unwholesome? What is coming out of me that is bad fruit? Every single one of us is producing some type of bad fruit at some point. There is something that needs to be transformed by the Lord. And we do ourselves a massive disservice if we're not willing to get introspective. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter what anybody Amen. else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing to you. What matters is your heart position, your communication with the Lord. And I think so often what we go is, well, somebody else is doing this. So I'm just, no, 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 you're not justified. You're not justified. Because it doesn't matter what they're doing to you. Christ never gave you that out. He Oof. never said, well, if they do that to you, then that's okay if you respond in sin or wickedness or evil. Never gave you that out. I think, too, like, ask yourself the question on both sides. If you're the servant of the situation, the friend of the situation, the leader of the situation, ask yourself this question. Gosh, you know, this is a tough question. Would Christ do what I'm about to do to that person or what Oof. I've done to that person? Would Christ do that? Would Christ correct? Yes, he would. But would he do it in anger? No. And would, would, if, would, if there was anything within him, wouldn't he look at himself first? Absolutely. Pull the log out of your own eye. Be introspective before you're looking outwards Dude, at other people. I think people. that's the hardest thing to do. Is yeah. Not, not to be introspective. The hardest thing to do is, in the moment, making sure keeping your heart pure. Because 
it's easy to let emotions fly, um, especially keeping with friends, especially mm-hmm. like you and I, we, we talked about this earlier. It was like three weeks ago. You and I had a, had a, had an out, had an out and out. <laughs> the cool thing is, is we're brothers. So like when he was bringing up issues, I brought up some issues, but at the end of it, it was funny. We were like, dude, you know, blah, blah. and all of a sudden we're like, you hungry? Yeah. That's what it's, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just, we're brothers, you know? And, and one of the things I'm learning is Paul and Peter did it. Mm-hmm. Paul and Barnum. I was it Paul and Barnabas or I can't remember Barnabas and, Others have done it where yeah. it was like they they got into it with each other. When you see, uh, I, I can't imagine that conversation of get behind me, Satan went over well with Peter. I'm sure right. he was like, what? You know, Probably so, a little offended. Yeah, <laughs> there are times where you, you and your brothers are going to get into it. How you reconcile is so important. How you reflect on yourself and say, man, look, I probably didn't handle that the best way. You know, that's on me. I need to be a better, would you pray for me? Right. Can we pray now? You know, right. like. And prayer really isn't just saying, I need to pray words. Lord, I believe, like the Bible says, a leopard cannot change its spots. I can't change my nature. You can. You've given me a new nature. Father, give me the spirit to cause me to walk in that. Give me grace, you know, that I can walk in that. And I think the more and more I've been studying Hebrews real slow. I'm going to go back and read it again. I've been reading Hebrews really, really slow. And I'm realizing more and more how the, 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 the grace of God in chapter 4 I can come boldly to him because I have a high priest that doesn't emp- or that empathizes with my weakness. He understands. And I'm not talking about weakness of I keep falling into something. It's, Lord, I am weak when it comes to this area of my life. I need to come boldly to the throne of grace. What is grace? Read Titus 2. It's the empowerment to overcome sin. So give me that power to overcome this area of my life as I walk in true obedience. I don't know everything, Lord. I'm trying, but I don't know everything. And you said every good gift and perfect gift is from above. So if you're giving me, if I'm acting out in the flesh, that didn't come from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Every good gift and perfect gift comes from above, the Bible says. Right? And guess what? It's his kindness that leads to repentance, right? Ooh, good night. Perfect. So when, when we look at God in terms of kindness, compassion, patience, things he describes himself as... Doesn't it stand to reason that he's giving you the patience? He's he's providing patience to you to lead you to transformation. His kindness is leading you to repentance. So if you can give a pause in this conflict with somebody and say, okay, how do I show kindness, compassion, yeah. and patience towards them? That gives you some space to start looking inward and go, okay, Lord, where am I wrong in this? One of the things my wife and I learned very early on that has really helped us is we figured out how to have conflict properly. Not saying we're perfect at it, but when we first got married, she would shut down. I would get mad. I would want to leave, but she would get mad if I would want to leave because she wanted me there, but she would shut down. So there was no communication going on and I'm stewing, right? We figured out, okay, maybe sometimes we need to just separate a little bit. It's not, it's not. I hate you. It's not I'm leaving you. It's I need to go and cool down. If both of us would separate for a little bit, our pride would dissipate. We would start to humble ourselves before the Lord. We'd come back in a much better state to go, okay, I was wrong about this. She would say, yeah, I was wrong about this is where we need to. And we would come back together. Yeah, you suck. (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) anyways, 
so sometimes what you need to figure out is how do you stop yourself in the midst of it? You go, okay, Lord, my emotions are flaring. My heart is bitter. Right. And and I think one of the cool things was you and I were having conversations and and you were going through something. You were you and I were having a lot of talks of where you were like, I gotta check my heart. I, I gotta be careful with my heart. And and it was one of those things where it was like, you didn't even want to talk of I just need to be introspective. And I thought that was massively important for all of us to be able to take that and go, when I'm in the thick of it, one of the worst things <clears throat> I can do is just ride the train. Yep. I've, I've got to watch myself because my heart is wicked. So yeah. I've got to be careful. You know who that, I find you know? people, um, there's, there's, there's two types of people that I find that are bitter. One, the people that are idle, that don't Ooh. do much. And so they have time Ooh. to stew and think. Yeah. Others that, like Benjamin Franklin described this, never confuse motion with action. They're they're doing a lot, but they're not acting a lot. Yeah. So they're not they're not action itemed type persons. They're they're doing a lot to mm-hmm. make it look like they're doing a lot, and they're looking for recognition for what they do. They're yeah. insecure as all get out. Yeah. And so I've learned uh, people will be petty, and you'll never not have those people. And I just told a friend of mine this yesterday. If you if you know the nature of the beast that you just poked, you can't be shocked by what it does. It's almost like you poking a bear, right? You're the one poking the bear. Bear comes and mauls the guy. That bear is so mean and evil. We need to eradicate the bear. You poke the bear, dummy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if a person is not in the right state of mind, Christ wise. Yeah. They act out and lash out. I can't believe it. I can. <laughs> right. They're not acting like Christ, dude. Like they're in the flesh. You should know that. If these people are not, in, if they're in the world, they're in the world. I mean, you can't be. As a matter of fact, uh, Paul talked about it when he said, you formerly walked in these things according to the, to, to the prince of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. He said, but now you've been washed. Now you have been sanctified. Now you have been, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, we're the ones that have to hold the example to the world, to other Christians. We have to be the bearers of the example. Hebrews talks about it. Therefore, knowing we have these great cloud of witnesses behind us, dude, that's our example. This is where we need to be. If they could do it without the Holy Spirit at the time, they didn't have the promise of the Holy Spirit yet. Yeah. They weren't promised that. Yet, or they were promised it, but they didn't see it. Hebrews is all about that from like 10 and on. It's like, you see the things that they did? They actually did it and sought it by faith, and they never even got it. They died without it, but they sought it. And here now we have it, and now we're making excuses why we can't walk in the thing that they died for, that they sought. It's like, it brings a whole level to Christianity like, dang, bro, Lord, I want to be up there with you. I want to know that. I want to walk in, not just in this, forgive me, but not just in this constant need of repentance, constant need of being in a throne room setting. Bro, I'm constantly in his throne room doing what I'm supposed to do, acting out what I'm supposed to be, being a friend to everybody I need to be, being a bro when I need to be, being the corrector that I need to be, being the leader I need to be, being the husband and dad I, I hope I can be for the boys. Those boys, man, they're, I mean, we just, <laughs> I was a little aggressive in driving this morning, not like stupid, but I was aggressive. You know what I mean? Like, I told them one of the basic tenets, and this is what makes me angry, when people know what to do and they don't do it. 
Left lane. What is a left lane for? <laughs> the faster traffic. Why is it that Canadians think they can drive in the left lane slow? Because <laughs> they're from Canada. Dang dude. it! <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> So Isaiah's dying laughing the whole time because I'm explaining. I'm like, look, this is driver's ed 101. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And here I am going, you know, you know what else is 101? Love. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I was like, look, I'm not right. Okay. I'm a little frustrated right now. I'm not right about this. And my heart always has to be checked. I was doing it this morning again. Lord, my heart, my heart, my heart is yours. My heart is yours. Where it's not, reveal it to me so I can go to you. And I, I'm going through massive transformation in terms of heart position as to how I interact with the Lord, right? So Man, it, it's, yeah. it's, what are my prayers? And you and I were talking about yeah. this of like, where are my prayers directed? What are your guys' prayers? Right. Write it down. Comment here. We like the, <laughs> we're here for you. A, a, a YouTuber that I love goes, bleep bloop it in the comments, man. <laughs> so that being said, it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> so, yeah, because we, so, we got to get to the office. Get to you know what I mean? We have this work. This is not our day job. Oh, no, actually, this is our morning it's not job. work. It's love. It's a labor it's of a love. It's a labor of love. Yes. I mean, we're, we're shifting our heart positions to love. It's a work in progress. <laughs> All right. Anywho, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, do all the things, please. I looked like a salesman right there. <laughs> we, we do apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, we appreciate you guys sticking through with us. We will be back on Friday because we have what going on, Massey? Fasting and prayer. Heck yeah. Game on. If you want to join us, fast with us tune in we'll be here we're, we're running the eight hour shift i think going on we're going to be praying and fasting for this nation for the things that we want to see spiritually happen we want the lord's will to be done and prayer and fasting is a great way for us to get on track with that so join us pray and fast with us we'll keep reminding you guys that's happening friday so until then everybody we love you guys can't wait to see you. We will see you Friday. Have a great day.